There is no merit system. That would be called works of the law. That is Old Testament. There was a merit system in the Old Testament. And there was no way to actually measure up to all the things that were required. But God knew that in advance. And so the law just exposed how weak and frail we are in terms of sin. And then Jesus came along, conquered sin in the flesh, so that you and I no longer have to be slaves to sin. Not only do we not have to be slaves to sin, but we can actually walk in and know the very love of God that he has for us. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There are some dishes that I like to eat, some desserts that I like to eat, some different things that once it touches my taste buds, my taste buds dance and sing. I don't need to eat the whole thing to recognize this is good. And the Bible says, taste and see. Nobody has to necessarily tell me what the ingredients are in this chocolate cake or in this really nice dessert. All I know is it tastes good. And there are some who may want to know more. Hey, what are the ingredients? I'd like to try this myself. But when it comes to the love of God, it's enough for me to know that it's genuine, it's real. And if I don't understand it fully, if I don't get the recipe and can, can reproduce it, I'm okay with it. Hey, this is good. It tastes good. I like it. This is where I want to dwell. I want to sit at this table and I want to eat this food. This is real food. It's satisfying to my soul. It's satisfying to my spirit. This is where I want to dwell. This is where I want to be. I want to remind you of Colossians chapter 2. So turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. What I'm going to tell you next is by way of reminder, something I've said for several services now, and I'm not opposed to reminding you of things over and over and over again. Some of us need to hear the things repeatedly, and we eventually get it. Second Peter 1.12, he says, I'll not neglect to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in them. In other words, the man of God is saying, I'm going to preach this again and again and again, even if you know it. And so I'm going to keep reminding you of Colossians chapter 2, verse number 10. It says, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. Who's him? It's Jesus. And you are complete in him. When we come to Christ, the Spirit of God makes his home on the inside of us, and we need to find ourselves in him. And in him, we're complete. We're whole. We're lacking nothing. Look at the preceding verse, verse number nine. It says, for in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness. All the what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the verse after that says, and we're complete in him. In him, the fullness of God dwells, and we're complete in him. You perhaps have heard in your life, Jesus is all God. And that he is. And when we find ourselves in him, imagine that then. I know that's difficult to fathom, but if we're in him and he's all God, we're all in fully, totally, completely, entirely in God. What am I lacking at that point? And the answer is nothing. If the fullness of God, if I am in the fullness of God, what, what do I need to discover, find, search for, scratch and claw for, fight and argue over? Step on people to climb higher on the ladder than others. Why do I care? Because I'm complete in him. So say, I am complete in him. 
Now, see if you can all answer this question this time. Who's him? Who's him? Who's him? I am never going to back away from the name of Jesus, and I don't want you to back away from that name either. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He's it. And if you're familiar with John 14, chapter 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're looking for life, it's in Jesus. I'm complete in him. I have complete life in him. Yes. He said, I am the truth. In Christ, I have the fullness of truth. Jesus said, I am the way. When I'm in Jesus, I'm, in the right, I'm going in the right direction. I'm on the right path. I'm on the path that not only is life, but it leads to life. I'm not on a path to destruction. I'm not on a path, highway to hell. No, I'm not on the highway to hell. And why would I want to be? There's a lot of destruction on the highway to hell. I'm heaven bound. How about you? And on this journey that we're taking, you need a little heaven to, to go to heaven in. There's heaven on earth, if you didn't know that. There's some heaven on earth here. Anybody ever pray the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy on as it is. We should be enjoying the sweet life, the good life, the life promised by God himself, available through Christ the Son. Say, I am complete in him. We are complete in him. Highlight this in your Bible. Begin to make notes in your Bible. If you're not the kind who does that, I really recommend you do that. If you keep the same Bible for an extended period of time, it doesn't wear out on you, you will actually find things you wrote a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, and it'll bless your heart. Man, this is what God was speaking to me back in 2015. And you might even say, I remember the moment he, he said that to me. And some things you get revelation on, and then you go back and read it, you get greater revelation, greater understanding. Oh, wow. So the Word of God is alive, it's quick, it's powerful. It will operate in your life if you give it place. If you give the Word of God place to operate in your life, it will operate in your life. I was sharing with somebody the other day, the Word of God is alive. And we try to teach you to speak the Word out. Speak the Word out. Speak the word out. So the word of God is alive. We already know that. Say the word of God is alive. What is it? It's alive. But do you know that even though the word of God is alive, in most cases does not get activated in your life until you speak it forth? I have a car sitting out there in the parking lot. It's paid for. It has an engine in it. It runs. But until I put the key in the ignition and turn it, the vehicle and the key serve no purpose. Until I put the key in, turn it, and I hear the and it starts. I can put in gear, and now I'm on my way. We speak the word of God forth. You say, but, but David, I carry my Bible around. Well, that's your car. <laughs> and there's good stuff I'm telling you right now. This is your car. This is Holy Ghost right here. This is your car, and your mouth is the key. And until you insert the key into the ignition of this thing and activate it, you're not going anywhere. So if you want the Word of God active in your life, you need to get into it. You need to begin to speak it forth. And that's why I have you repeat things very often. I am complete in Him. I'm activating the Word of God in my life. 
Jesus himself bore my sicknesses and my infirmities, and by his stripes I am healed, activating the word of God in my life. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, activating the word of God in my life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, which includes me, should not perish but have everlasting life. Activate the word of God in my life. The word of God has been poured in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Activate the word of God in my life. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Activating the word of God in my life. Now, I don't want to give the impression that all day long, every day, that I'm quoting scripture, because that would be deceptive for me to tell you that. But the Spirit of God quickens me frequently. He says, David, you're pretty silent today. David, you're pretty quiet today. I think to myself, yeah, I actually am. So activate, 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 activate. And how do I activate? I speak the Word of God. As I've spoken to you now, I have a microphone to amplify my voice, but my voice itself is not very loud. I'm not screaming. And when I'm by myself, I will speak in a tone that I can hear myself, but it's not loud. It's just activating the Word of God. When I go to put the key in my ignition to leave here tonight, I'm not going to roll the window down. I'm starting my car. Let everybody know. Who needs to know? I'm just putting the key in and starting it. I'm activating what's available to me. In the same way, I'm not screaming, hey, everybody walk, look at me. I just begin to speak the word of God. What am I doing? I'm activating it in my life. And so you will activate the word of God in your life. So I've directed you to Romans 5, 5, which says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Personalize it. The love of God is in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And then also Colossians chapter 2, verse number 10, I am complete in him. Make these declarations. Activate the word of God in your life. And then search the scriptures and find others that you can activate in your life. And I suspect some of you already do that. I suspect some of you already speak the word of God. But if you're not doing that, begin a practice of doing that and expect God to move. Operate in faith. We're not doing this like, okay, give me the genie lamp and let me rub it. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about operating in faith. When I speak the word of God, it's activated and God responds things begin to happen. Remember, Jesus told the devil several things when the devil came to him. He spoke them out. Why? He was activating the word of God. And when he activated the word of God against the enemy, the enemy began to fade, began to weary until he just said, I'm out of here. Because Jesus activated the word of God.